Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at the rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened in all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and the scribes of the peoples, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea. And so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring him me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for the people of God. So I wonder how many of y'all have a mission statement, like a family, okay, last week it was too loose, this week it's too tight. Um, how many of you have a family mission statement, a purpose, a reason for being? I've noticed that some of you do, and I've gotten a kick out of it. I love that idea, that kind of clarity of focus, that even as a family, there is a purpose for us. So I started looking at um, a few different Fortune 500 companies and their vision mission statements. It's, it's quite uh, impressive. Uh, Avon wants to be the company that best understands and satisfies the product, service, and self-fulfillment needs for women globally. I love vision statements. They kind of, you know. Um, uh, let's see, Amazon, to be the Earth's most customer-centric company. Uh, Harley-Davidson, to fulfill dreams through the experiences of motorcycling. Okay. Um, <laughs> Starbucks, to share great coffee with our friends and help make the world a better place. I mean, that, that's almost like you could put that in a, uh, you know, a beauty pageant really easily, right? Uh, CVS. <laughs> I love the difference between vision and reality. CVS, to improve the quality of human life. I, I think I could speak for all of us that if the pharmacy moved faster, we'd be better. <laughs> Toys are us, to put joy in kids' hearts and a smile on parents' faces. They got half of it, right? <laughs> so I wonder, what is your vision, mission statement? What is your purpose for being? What is your reason on this earth? What is the, um, the thing that consumes your time? The thing that consumes your passions? The thing that meets the needs of the world around you? Uh, the thing that God's called you to do? 
And this is deep end of the swimming pool, friends. Uh, this is uh, serious stuff. This isn't just uh, show up and get a shot of happiness and head down the road. But now it's a matter of thinking, how best do we fit with what God has planned for us? Our scripture passage today uh, is the story of Epiphany. Now, Epiphany is the 12th day of Christmas. Can, can I get an amen from somebody, right? When we sing the 12 days of Christmas, it's not the 12 days leading up to Christmas. It's the 12 days of Christmas. And Epiphany is the 12th day. Now, oftentimes theologians wonder why in the world were uh, the uh, wise men, the magi, so late to the baby shower, right? Why, why did it take them so long? So uh, Epiphany is the 12th day of Christmas, and um, let's just kind of correct a few things. Now, it's nice to say that there were three wise men, but nowhere in the scripture does it say there were three particular people, but rather there were three gifts, right? And we could argue that wise, you know, they wandered a whole lot, right? Um, you know, maybe it's the, um, they were wise in the terms of um, uh, uh, Tolkien, right? Uh, not all who wander are lost. But regardlessly, um, it's probably better to say they weren't kings, but instead astrologers. Uh, they weren't just from the east, they were most likely from Syria and Iraq, at least the places that we refer to that as today. Um, and they had followed a star, which which was kind of the best GPS uh, um, uh, that they had. Um, and chances are the reason why they were late is because the star kept on saying recalculating. <laughs> now the gifts that they brought, kind of interesting, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now oftentimes we say gold is a, uh, a gift fit for a king and frankincense was a, a, um, a, a spice that was burned as incense in the temple. Uh, in Jerusalem. And sometimes we talk about myrrh as being that preparatory uh, scent for a funeral. Now that's, that's pretty convenient. But I'm not so sure that astrologers from Baghdad and Syria would know what's burnt in the temple in Jerusalem. And I'm not really sure if they would have known the same practices of the use of myrrh. Uh, th there's a little bit left to be understood. What gifts do we bring? Well, the, the three wise men, or the um, magi, um, trying not to say a number on them, uh, they brought things that made sense to them to give to the baby Jesus. And there's a lot of narratives about why they might have brought what they brought. Some say gold certainly for a king makes sense. But some uh, scholars say that frankincense and myrrh were so rare that their value at times was more than gold. So maybe it's all three gifts for a king. Now, some say that frankincense and myrrh were part of the kind of beginning medical procedures of what you might do for a woman after she has given birth, that they were used for medicinal purposes. So maybe the gifts for the king were the gifts for the king's mother, right? It's a very strange baby shower no matter how you slice it. But what gifts do you bring to the king? Oftentimes, I think when I go to baby showers that, you know, are, are we really, we're, we're going we're gonna to get more stuff for them? Okay. <laughs> don't, don't we all have enough stuff? Um, but in this circumstances, uh, it's a very holy moment. It's a very interesting moment. Uh, Christian theologians say that this is the moment when the world knows about the birth of Jesus because the three wise men go home another way. 
Now, why do they go home another way? They go home another way because Herod is watching, right? All the prophecies say that there'll be a new king born in Bethlehem underneath the star. Now, um, if you're the king, how many kings do you want in your kingdom? And the birth of another king complicates the situation. A little plot twist that you weren't intending. And so Herod says, hey, once you give your gifts, come right on back. Tell me where the king is and I'll go worship him too. Of course, um, I don't think Herod was very good at subtlety. And um, uh, the three wise men picked up on it uh, and they went home another way and shared with others the birth of Jesus. The questions uh, that haunt us, that uh, resonate for us, is if we had the chance to bring a gift to Jesus, what gift would we bring? There's a great story about Brennan Manning. Some of you uh, have read Brennan Manning. He's a great spiritual writer. He's kind of like a a Max Lucado for an uh, earlier generation. Um, Brennan Manning uh, was not given the name Brennan when he was born, but uh, when he uh, uh, was growing up, he had a friend named Ray that they did everything together. Uh, They did everything together. In fact, they saved their money and bought a car together, shared ownership of the car. I don't know if that would work in our day and time. Uh, And so they would drive and they would hang out and they spent high school together and together they got drafted into the Vietnam War. And they served together. And they found themselves uh, kind of um, in a tense situation. Uh, They were um, sitting around waiting and uh, working and uh, right on the fire line. In the midst of this kind of on but not on moment, a live grenade gets thrown in to where they are. And it feels like to Brennan that without thinking, Ray, his best friend for life, jumps on the grenade, covering it, killing himself, and saving Brennan. Later on, Brennan has a call to the priesthood and becomes a Catholic priest. And as he's ordained, uh, the tradition is is to pick the name of a saint that you will go by for the rest of your ministry. And he chooses the name Brennan because his best friend was Ray Brennan. And that was the closest to a saint that he'd ever known. There was a time when, after his ordination, he uh, visited Ray's mother, and he said, do you think that Ray loved me? And Ray's mother got up and walked over to him and put her finger in his face and shook it and said, what else could he do? He died for you. What an interesting thing to bring a gift to the one who died for you. What do you give someone who has everything? What do you give someone who has given everything to you? What do you bring as a gift to the king? Well, I think it's fair to say that what we bring as a gift to the king is our very selves. Because we were created by the king, uh, created for a purpose, created to follow the mission. I have some slides, I think. Let's see. There they are. Go one more. So what gift can we bring? Um, If we go to the next slide, we see, um, what if you could plot, I've been thinking about y'all, my engineering folk, what if you could plot your calling 
on a 3D plane. That's the right spelling of plane, isn't it? It's not P-L-A-I-N, like plain yogurt, right? It wouldn't be cool, X, Y, Z axis, bam! You know, we would have it down. What if I told you we could? Let's flip to the next slide. What if our x-axis was our spiritual gifts? What if the y-axis was what we are passionate about, what we can't uh, stop thinking about, what we get woken up in the middle of the night about? What if the z-axis was the needs of the world right around us? It's kind of eerie. The uh, the 3D plane uh, certainly looks like, look at the next slide, that symbol that you saw there. We call it the Cairo. It's a symbol to talk about Jesus. Chi uh, for Christ, Rho for King. You put the two together, go to the next slide, and it's looking a whole lot like a 3D graph. Go one more slide for me. Over the next uh, four Sundays, we're going to look at uh, plotting our gifts, and we're going to look at finding our passions, and we're going to spend time listening to the world around us so that we can discern what God has planned for us. You can go back to the title slide if you'd like. There's so many stories about gifts in our world. I love the movie Wally as a great idea of gifts. What was Wally's job? Do you remember from the Disney movie? Wally's job was to compact trash. Now that's something to get excited about, right? And he was great for it. He was made for it. But you know what he was passionate about? Gifted to compact trash, but passionate about that cute little white robot that shows up, right? Her name was Eve. Do you remember how passionate he was about Eve? Gifts and passion put together changes the world around us. What about looking at the needs of the world? Are you familiar with the story of Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers from PBS World, right? Mr. Rogers was a Presbyterian seminary student. In seminary, he wrote the mean uh, articles about TV. He hated the medium of TV. He said, what in the world? Why would you want to watch people throwing pies at each other? There could be such a better use of this medium. And he got to the point in his senior year where he wrote a thesis paper and he decided either I spend the rest of my life against the medium of TV or I meet the needs of the world through a new medium called TV. And this was born Mr. Rogers. A TV show that's impacted so many of us or our children or our grandchildren and made us think differently about the world around us. What is your calling? If calling was made up of spiritual gifts, passions, the needs of the world, and then a clear discernment from God about how to use those in the world, if I could plot it on a 3D axis, you'd go for that, right? If we broke it down into its smaller pieces to find our purpose together. Now, oftentimes we look at the needs of the world and we think, really, God, I'm going to fix that? I have a brother-in-law who you'll get to meet um, in a couple of uh, months. We'll be talking about um, Lent and orphans and caring for others. Uh, he felt God call him to take care of orphans in Africa. You know, I looked at him and said, please don't be Sally Struthers. Okay, feed the children, really? Okay, wow, gonna keep on going. It'd be easy for one person to think, really, God, all the orphans in Africa, how can I do that? 
I'm so small and insignificant. How might I have a difference in some place other than here? There's an old African proverb that says, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try spending the night in a tent with a mosquito. You'll make a difference. And he has made a difference. They're in like eight different countries in Africa. The first uh, week of December, they opened their first uh, uh, outreach into India. He is excited about the way in which people are motivated and passionate about caring for orphans in other places. Friends, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to see the world as more than just happiness, more than just accumulation of things, more than just more stuff but rather to think about your legacy and your calling. Everybody knows Apostle Paul because of what? His preaching. But he didn't get paid to preach, he got paid to make tents. He was a tent maker. That's the difference between profession and vocation. The Latin behind vocation is vocare, your calling. If we live our lives within our calling, we find both happiness uh, and legacy all wrapped up together. Steve Jobs, one time, uh, was interviewed by a New York Times um, uh, uh, writer, article writer, news, newspaper article writer, yeah, you get journalist, there we go. Uh, and it was in that time in the 90s when um, the bubble was getting bubbly and there were many tech startups. And Steve Jobs told uh, the journalist, he says, really worries me that all of these young entrepreneurs have a more developed exit strategy than a business plan. They're interested in starting something, blowing it up, and selling it for a mint. He says, you know what's more satisfying than that? Is leaving something that will last for generations. Not just having a good exit strategy of getting out, but having a clear idea of what your purpose is. Friends, no matter who you think you are, God made you, and God doesn't make any junk. And no matter how talentless or ungifted you are, God's gifted you with important parts of what the church needs. And no matter how uh, unpassionate you think you might be, God has planted in you deep passion for something. And let's be honest, we love the Brazosport area, but there are needs right around us. Our legacy, our calling, our purpose is wrapped up in that 3D plot, that opportunity to figure out who we are, who God's made us to be, and how best we can help God complete the mission. Come and join me as we unwrap the gifts, not only that we bring, but the gifts that God gave us in the first place. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Friends, Chapel of United Methodist Church exists to help ourselves and others take their next step in their faith journey with Christ. Uh, we believe those steps strung together lead us towards a particular vision, uh, which is a three-year vision of raising a generation in faith. Uh, the 12-month goal for the first year of that three-year vision is to remove the barriers that are between uh, our children uh, and Jesus. Now, now, that seems kind of strange, right? Um, 
But studies show that the kind of faith our kids and grandkids get is the kind of faith they see us live. And so as a whole church, we're looking hard at four particular issues. Uh, finding and articulating our personal powerful God story, um, uh, being a high expectation community, uh, being a community that speaks fluently the language of faith, particularly the hope that we find in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And lastly, you can guess what that fourth one is. It's about calling and having a higher purpose. Uh, and so I hope uh, that you are finding your next step as we discern together our calling. Uh, one of those things you can do is in the insert, um, uh, the insert in your bulletin gives you a link that you can go to to take a free spiritual gifts test. Now the spiritual gifts test will be what's used on Friday and Saturday at First Angleton when Frank Andrews comes and does a webinar, or not a webinar, sorry, a workshop uh, for us about spiritual gifts. Uh, it's free, uh, it's wonderful. Uh, you can find more information uh, in the newsletter, on the website, and on the slides. Um, but if you don't have time to go on Friday and Saturday to Frank Andrews' presentation, come back next Sunday and we'll continue to talk about spiritual gifts. Print out your spiritual gifts report and bring it with you so that you can look at it uh, while we work together during the sermon. Let's see, last piece. Um, uh, if you're looking for uh, an adult Sunday school class, today's a great day to be looking. Uh, safety in numbers, right? Uh, we have an adult gathering in the fellowship hall with food fellowship and a presentation uh, by me about the state of the church. What a great time to uh, kind of be in the room. Uh, and each of the Sunday school classes will certainly identify who they are and what they're studying and where they are. And you can go join them next Sunday. I think that's everything for now. Why don't we invite David Hill to lead us in our closing hymn, One Bread, One Body. Grab a hand next to you for our closing benediction. You don't have to hold everybody's hand, but hold somebody's hand. Let's offer a word of prayer. Almighty God, we give thanks that you gave us everything, even your life on the cross. Raise us with you that we might share with others the good gifts that you've given us so that the world might continue to look more like heaven right here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.